Welcome to episode 214 of Sports Geek. On this week's CEO Series episode, I chat with Dave Donaghy from the Melbourne Storm. Welcome to Sports Geek, the podcast built for sports digital and sports business professionals. And now, here's your host who's ready for your questions in Sports Geek Nation Slack, Sean Callanan. Thanks, DJ Joel. Yes, my name is Sean Callanan, and I am available on the Sports Geek Nation Slack. If you have, ever have a question, you can simply send me one there. Hit me up in the DMs or just tag me in a question. I'm actually looking forward to producing a new podcast format in the next couple of weeks, which is going to be launching on the back of your questions, primarily out, out of a result of the success, the Ask Me Anything uh sessions have had in the Sports Geek Nation Slack. So if you haven't joined Sports Geek Nation, I'd, I'd love for you to do so. Um, getting some really good content shared and conversations happening in there. Uh, multitude of uh, different people sharing uh, information and experience. Um, we've obviously got the AMA channel where we've got weekly, we've got members taking on board and taking questions. Uh, the digital channel is very active. Esports channel remains uh, active. Uh, the tech channel starting to get a bit more activity. Um, so, yeah, thank you for the people who are, who are in there already. And uh, if you want to join, simply go to sportsgeeknation.com. Uh, if you've got any questions, you can contact me anytime, Sean at sportsgeekhq.com or, as I said, uh, at Sean Callanan on most platforms. Uh, before we kick into this uh, CEO series episode with Dave Donahue, um, I just want to talk a little bit about some of the work we've been doing recently in athlete digital training. Um, and it's probably, you know, always it's funny when people say, when should you do it? Should you do it at the start of the season, end of the season, uh, when there's training? It's a little bit of an ongoing thing. Um, and so we've got a few different, uh, I've got a few different presentations and um, education pieces that are ideal for either playing groups themselves as a, as a large group or the coaches um, who need to understand the digital platforms their players are on um, to help them understand what best practice is, how, they, how athletes can protect themselves in the ever-changing digital world. Um, so there's a few different options there around helping them to review and understand the latest trends on different platforms, how to find out what social media platform works for you, uh, what content fans are looking for, um, and also, there's probably a little piece in there, and you know, I saw an NFL job recently advertised uh, for the NFL, uh, where they were producing content for the players. So there's a bit more scope coming in now, where teams or agencies are actually producing the content, and the players are just executing it. Um, so if you, yes, yeah, so if you're interested uh, and you would like to help your team, help your athletes, help your key partners and key brand ambassadors um, get out there, uh, please just simply go to sportsgeekhq.com social media athlete training and there'll be some details there on the site. Uh, but as always, you can reach out. Um, now, to get to my interview with Dave Donahue, um, Dave is the CEO of Melbourne Storm in the National Rugby League. Uh, last year, they were premiers and we recorded this just a few days after them unfortunately losing the grand final, but it was a mighty effort to be back uh, in the grand final. So runners-up, back-to-back is very hard to do in the NRL. Um, and for the people who, are, uh, who aren't who are across the NRL, um, just a bit of uh, a bit of backstory. Uh, Cooper Cronk, who 
Dave talks about as one of the big three uh, of the Melbourne Storm left uh, Melbourne Storm last year after that uh, premiership and he went to Sydney who unfortunately won uh, the NRL game uh, from the Storm's point of view. So there's a bit of discussion about Cooper um, and how big part of how big a part of uh, Melbourne Storm's history he was. Um, and then we also talk about Craig Bellamy uh, and his long-time coach nego- uh, contract negotiations that come up every couple of years. Um, and then we actually finished the episode talking about what was a big controversy point point um, in NRL Grand Final Week, which was uh, the tribunal hearing for Billy Slater playing his last game and uh, some of the backwards and forwards that were there. So we sort of just tackle a tiny little piece of that at the end of the interview, but I'm sure you'll like it. This is my chat with Dave Donaghy from the Melbourne Storm. Very happy to hear uh, at Amy Park, home of the Melbourne Storm with CEO Dave Donaghy. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me on. No worries. Um, just to get started, uh, you're currently in the CEO role at the Melbourne Storm, um, but how did you get your start in sports? Uh, about a decade ago, I suppose, or a little bit longer than that. Um, I was uh, I actually started out when I finished uni, so um started as a journalist. Uh, so I did politics and, and journalism at uni- the University yep. of Queensland. Um, like most kids, when you're that age, you have absolutely no idea what you want to be when you grow up. Um, some probably say that I still don't, but, um, uh, for me it was, um, you know, being a journalist straight out of university was a great, it was a great, um, uh, grounding, uh, you know, the ability to actually communicate to so many people on so many different levels, but also grow your contact base. Um, so you know, we on, on a beat, we on a particular, you know, I'm a big listener of, uh, Hutchie and Damo on the sounding board and they talk about their, their days, uh, working the desks of different, different, uh, parts of the business. What were you doing in that space? I actually used to work with Damo at the Herald Sun, but yeah. I, um, I started out at Australian Associated Press. I was, a a cadet there, um, I think in my, my third or fourth year of university, yep. um, and uh, really covered everything for with with AAP. So I did a little bit of um, a little bit of sport, um, some courts, Indigenous affairs, some politics. Um, went up to North Queensland and ran a bureau up there for twelve months, yep. um, and then ended up in Melbourne working at the Herald Sun, covering sport, mostly rugby league, and that was where I got to know um, uh, you know the Melbourne Storm, obviously, yep. and uh, Craig Bellamy, Frank Panisi at the time. Look, Storm had a few issues end of 2008. Yep. Um, Cameron Smith was suspended. Uh, I think um, Craig said a few things that he that he regretted at the time. Um, and, uh, you know, they need someone to, to come in and give them some assistance um, with uh, with media. Look, I, and at that point with, within my career, I, I knew I didn't want to be a journalist my whole life. Yep. I, I knew I didn't want to um, pigeonhole myself within media. So I said I would, but I said uh, um, I'd like to build out or flesh out a role within football administration too. So it was a joint role as um, footy ops and, uh, and media manager. So I was effect- effectively Frank Panisi's uh, uh, right-hand man. Yeah, so you, so it was dual role. It wasn't just you're working on the media side, you're working also on the footy ops side to say – uh, to give them some training and advice and best best practice on how to approach media and get the message out. Oh no, it was, it was more than that. It was um, uh, yeah, football logistics. Um, okay, uh, their their training pro uh, working with the the S and C guys with the the training programs, getting those out. A lot of a lot of admin work really within the football department. Um, pretty much anything that Frank didn't want to do, and um, you know, I, I I found that as another great. Um, uh, uh, you know, area for me to to to, to hone my craft, to learn my skills, and get a better understanding of how football departments work. And you know, at that point, 
a decade ago within the you know, Australian sports landscape, you know, football clubs are really small businesses yep. and, uh, you know, people did do multiple roles and, and, you know, that was, that was great for me because I didn't, I ne- I've never wanted to pigeonhole myself, um, into a certain area and that allowed me to have a, or gain a greater understanding of, of the wider business plus work with some really great people, um, Frank and Craig in particular. And so from there you, you left the storm, went up to Brisbane in, in a role at the Lions? Yeah, so spent two years at Storm. We, um, we went through the, uh, the 2010 salary cap um, period and, uh, you know, that was um, challenging but also quite um, uh, rewarding professionally um, you know, but very, um, very personally and emotionally challenging for, for all that were involved, or involved at the time. Um, got through that. Uh, end of 2010, you could see light at the end of the tunnel. So um, took an opportunity with the AFL, uh, was sent up to, to Brisbane, the Brisbane Lions, and spent three years there uh, in a, uh, I think, um, you know, wonderful world of AFL with some fantastic titles. I think it yep. was general manager, communications and stakeholder engagement or yeah, something that's, like that. that's and correct. Just uh, I've checked that on your LinkedIn. That's, that's exactly on my CV. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, that was... Was again, there simil- similarities? Because, you know, the storm in Melbourne in an AFL town and then you go to... To Brisbane, working for an AFL team in an in an NRL town, was there some similarities in that piece? Oh, very much so. And you know all the challenges that you've you, you know both both clubs face. You know all the all the challenging the challenger teams in the in the frontier markets. You know they 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 all share very similar challenges around both um, you know, you, from a commercial perspective, from a football perspective around you know, recruiting players and ensuring that when players come to your market or to your to your city that you know you're you're, you're getting them uh, integrated within your city as quickly as possible, making them feel not, not just them but their families, um, whether the families that are, that are that are here and they're they're, they're more mature players or whether their families is in mum and dad back home yep. that they're as comfortable as possible because there's a real responsibility on clubs and, and myself to ensure that um, you know mum and dad if they're letting their son go for the first time that they feel a, a level of comfort with um, with who they're effectively passing their their, their child on to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, discuss the same thing when talking to Kurt at the Broncos and Anthony at, at the Lions, and just that the, the d- dynamics of that market and how big the Broncos are in that in that market. It's a definitely that you know that challenger challenger brand piece uh, that the Lions face. But do you then came back uh, came back from Brisbane uh, and came back to Melbourne, um, and in a role strategy and communications director. What was how had the storm changed in the in your time away? Uh, there wasn't too many staff that I that I knew. Um, some of the football staff was were, were still the same, and some yep. of the players, um, you know, there, there was some there were at least some familiar faces. But um, from a, a, a whole club perspective, I suppose with the um, with the new owners that acquired acquired the club from News Limited, there was a real focus on growing the business. Yep. Um, working with Mark Evans, who was the CEO at the time, and Bart Campbell, the the, the chair, who's still the chair now. Um, there, there was certainly a, a, a mandate to uh, to focus on the on the growth you know, on the commercial growth and success of the business. So um, for us, it meant really focusing on our cost base, um, really looking at where we could uh, you know improve certain areas of, of of the business, generate some quick wins, but also look at you know longer term strategic thinking around. You know, there might be uh, uh, some initiatives or, or, or some strategies we need to put in place now. We're not going to see the fruits of that labour immediately, but you know, down the track we will, and pleasingly we're starting to. Yeah, and so you've you've spoken a few times about not being pigeonholed and and you know not not want to stay in media. When did you? you know, what steps did you take, and when did you start looking at potentially saying, you know, I want to be a CEO at at this at at a club level? 
Uh, it was something I probably hadn't really thought about, to yep. be honest. Um, when uh, when Bart originally approached me, I think this was in 2012, and mentioned that uh, at some point in the um, next one to two years, they're looking, they're, you know, they were doing the due diligence on Storm. They were looking yep. at um, potentially purchasing uh, the club from News at that point. And um, uh, he just made the mentioned to me that the longer term there may be opportunities there that uh, you work hard enough uh, which this club's built on um, you demonstrate that uh, that level of work ethic and um, you know you're able to broaden your skill set and uh, um, you know obviously the, the the board and the directors uh, uh, like you yep. <laughs> which always helps um, uh, you know the, the the opportunity may exist to to, to grow to grow in your career and um uh, Mark Evans, who was the CEO at the time, um, you know, I learned plenty from Mark, and you know, Mark was only going to be short term at, at Storm. He, um, you know, he was effectively um, uh, commuting from from London, yep. um, so he was spending some time here and some time back back home with his family. And uh, I think 18, 18 months in into that role, uh, you know, Mark decided that he he wanted to head back to the uh, to the UK and. Uh, the opportunity arose, and and um, pleasingly the the board, and they didn't have to do that. You know, it was a, a it was a real, I suppose, a, a courageous decision by them. Um, it was a thirty two year old guy who's never been a CEO before. Um, these guys are, are very successful businessmen, um, putting the, the I suppose the the, the longer term uh, direction of the club in the hands of a, a an untested. Um, a guy like myself, and um, you know, I was very thankful that they that they did. And you know, their comment to me, Sean, at the yeah. time was that they, um, you know, they've all, you know, they're all successful themselves, and um, at different points of their career, um, people have given them opportunities, and uh, you know, they've provided me with great support on the on the way through, and they've all been wonderful mentors for me. So, did you have a, you know, there's a, sometimes when you get into a new role, there's the uh, the impetus to got to make the changes to be seen to be to to be seen to be doing something like what was there a particular focus when you came into the role or was it you were on the right path and it was a bit of staying that path and and forging ahead? I think uh, over the the eighteen months prior we'd put we'd we'd done some really solid work around um, controlling our cost base and um, you know looking at certain parts of, of the business. I suppose a sporting club. It's it has many dynamics, but it is quite a simple business when you look at the uh, the, the revenue areas of it, um, and also your cost base. You know, you know your your greatest cost base are you know, your your your, uh, your players and your 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 talent and your staff. Yep. Um, you've got your your stadium and your and your rental for your for your tenancy, which we're we're sitting in at the moment. Um, it's a beautiful stadium, but it's not cheap. Yeah. So for us. Um, you know, looking at, at those areas, and um, and then you know, uh, focusing really on our on our uh, on our commercial part of the business. Um, for us, you know, we're a football club, um, obviously first and foremost, uh, and um, you know, our uh, our focus has, has been on our on our product and ensuring that um, you know we we had some, we've obviously had some challenges. We we knew that while we you know we'd love them to be the Benjamin Button of rugby league, you know the the Cooper Cronk, Billy Slater, and Cameron Smith. At some point, we're going to retire. Yeah, you'd have to be blind, Freddie, not to not to you know be be aware of that and start making plans for that. So, um, we um, you know we we set about you know, mapping that out. Uh, we set about mapping out a, a, a team that um, could um, challenge for premierships on a sustainable basis that was compliant, um, which we were at the time and still are. Uh, and um, 
And then the next focus has been on, you know, growing our consumer base. You know, the real, real. I'm strong of the view that um, for us to be competitive commercially in this market, we had to grow our our, uh, our consumer base first and foremost. And you know, over that three year period, we've gone from fifteen thousand members to twenty five thousand plus now. Yep. Um, you know, I'm confident that from that fifteen thousand mark over a five year or within a five year period, we'll have doubled that. Um, and that's where I oh, now, you know, now's the right time to really. Um, put a stake in the ground and set a target and uh, you know for us it's saying well the aspiration for Melbourne Storm is that we want to go from 25,000 at this point to 50,000 members within five years and that'll put us in um, you know in that AFL um, club membership territory which is important in this market when you're talking um, commercial revenues. Yeah definitely I mean you're in a you're in a space in this precinct with you know Collingwood across the road and and, and the victory that have got large – it's very much a membership culture. I've talked about it many times in the podcast in, in, in Melbourne. Like Storm's got one of the strongest brands across the eastern seaboard. It's pretty unique because you've got a really strong presence in Melbourne. But, you know, New South Wales and Queensland is, you know, it's a really strong market because that's where the NRL is at its strongest. How do you how do you position brands to to, to sponsors um, from, from a Storm point of view? Well, and, and it's and it's New Zealand as well. Uh, yep. and it, it's, it's exactly that. You know, you, you, your core audience for your television markets are on the east coast, and uh, for us, you know, we've, we've, we feel we're one of those very few um, sporting organisations in Melbourne that uh, can unite Melbourne. You know, yep. we're um, you know, and we, when we certainly want all our all of our fans and our, our players and our staff to have the AFL team in this market, but you know we want everyone to have their rugby league team, and yep. obviously that's easy when you're a player or a staff member. Yep. That's a, that's a, that's a prerequisite. But um, for um, for all our members and fans, and and for the wider sports community in Melbourne, and the, the generalist you know theatre goer that, that wants to be entertained, you know we want them to have. Uh, if if you're from Melbourne, we want your rugby league club to be the Melbourne Storm. Um, so that's our that's our proposition that we we take with us. Um, pleasingly, the the metrics that come back are, you know demonstrate considerable growth. And we spoke about the membership yep. target there and the membership growth. But you know, it was a Roy Morgan uh, research piece done not long ago, which um, you know said I think we had 1.05 million fans across the country, which puts us number two behind the Broncos. Um, you know, we've got quite a unique reach where we, um, uh, you know, we're very popular in New Zealand as well. Um, and, uh, you know, for us, uh, our TV audiences, you know, last year, this year, are circa 20 million. Um, we've got the largest social media following of any um, professional sports team in Melbourne, Yep, um, which is quite remarkable. Um, but for us, um, there's been a real focus on it because it allows us to have a direct conversation with our fans. And therefore, it allows um, our partners to have a direct conversation uh, with our fans as well. And there's a great affinity between our, our fans uh, and and partners of Storm, there's some you know really strong research we've been able to to um, uh, to, to to be commissioned that uh, demonstrate the level of um, um, uh, I suppose uh, uh, affinity uh, and loyalty. Yeah, yeah, lo- yeah. loyalty, uh, loyalty around um, that. Uh, you know, if you if you partner Melbourne Storm, you know, our, our fans are far more likely to um, to want to um, you know, do either do business with with your company or, or spend money with your company, which is which is a really um, I suppose a strong proposition for us to to take to the market. And the and the challenge and the opportunity going forward is, like I said before, for the international audience, uh, you've had three of the all time greats. You know, on the on the roster uh, with uh, Cronk, who left last year, Billy Slater, who just retired, and Cameron Smith, uh, a legend of the game. You know, 
you've now got to sustain that. You know, what's his, what does the storm look like in five years? Because, yeah, Cam's not going to keep playing forever and ever and ever. Um, and make sure you make those connections with those fans now and, and lock them in as following the storm with the talent you've got coming through. Yeah, absolutely. Look, again, with with those guys, you're right, and they're they're incredible. They're, they're impossible to replace. So I think for whether it's um, you know staff or coaches or or, uh, or players internally within here, you know the, the people that do end up replacing those guys just can't be compared to you know those three players because they are just legends of the game. You know, yeah. Um, you know, all three will probably go, go down as immortals at, at some point. You know, certainly, um, Cam and Billy are going to be immortalised in Melbourne with statues. So, well, that's right. They got announced uh, just earlier early this week. Yeah, uh, that there's going to be a couple of statues. Have you spoken to the guy who did the Ronaldo bust? And mate, did you see that when that came out? No, well, I'm oh. gonna, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be googling it straight after. Well, yeah, well, we'll share it with you. But yeah, d- yeah, don't hire him. He was the guy that did the uh, Ronaldo bust, and it looked like a cartoon version of him. Like that's the biggest <laughs> challenge now to get the right sculptor, so it actually looks like you know. You don't want to go up there and go. That doesn't look like Billy and Cam, but uh, that'll that'll uh, that'll be good because it actually will start giving Storm some history because you're still a relatively young club like if you look around this town and you've got Mel, you know Melbourne Footy Club around the corner and you know they're 130 and Collingwood's 125 you know you're in your 20th year it's still relatively still relatively young club and I think that that again reinforces the upside of 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 Storm you know for within it's our 20th year this year and well, we're celebrating our 20 20 years and um, we're at 25,000 members. We've got some wonderful partners um, already on board and we've, we've had some incredible um, incredible success. And, uh, you know, I, I, I look ahead to the future and, I, well, look, I won't be here in 120 years' time, but yep. um, when, you, when you compare yourselves to, uh, to some of these other clubs that have been around for a long, long time, you start thinking, right, well, what's actually possible? And I, I don't think there's any ceiling that, that you could put on this football club when you're in a city of four, four and a half or five million people. Uh, you've had, as I said, you've had some success. Um, you've been uh, been able to commercially um, put some followed, uh, solid um, um, you know, platforms in place. Uh, you're really well positioned for growth, and for us, it's about um, ensuring that we bring the right people in the business. We continue to enhance the culture, and we really drive and you know we, we, we drive results, and we're held accountable for that. So that's our our goal for the next um, little period, and we're looking forward to you know um, continuing that work in the off season. Um, another thing that you've uh, ventured into is your uh, your partnership uh, with the Sunshine Coast University of Sunshine Coast with the Sunshine Coast Lightning in the Super Netball. How is that? How, how is that working? How how does it operate from a Storm and, and Sunshine Coast uh, for you guys? And I mean, it's obviously been very successful on court uh, uh, from a from a um, success point of view, winning winning two titles. How how has the has it affected this business and? Sort of how the piece is working together for you guys. Oh, it's, it's been great for us, Sean. It, it's um, you know when we announced it uh, two years ago, I think now, and yep. um, uh, you know the 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 netball netball Australia um, were you know, brave enough, I suppose, to bring um, you know Storm and and Collingwood and GWS um, into the fold and. At the time, we said, you know, we've, we've spent almost twenty years providing, um, you know, young men with a with a pathway and opportunity to build careers as as athletes. And how great is it now that we get to provide the same opportunity for young women? And yep. um, to do that in a in a secondary market, if you like, it it, it certainly um, assists with the broadening the commercial appeal. Um, 
you know, our, our, we've had a lot of partners that have um, not only supported Storm but have gone across and supported uh, supported Lightning. Um, we've uh, been able to expand our, um, our, our our government networks, and you know, pleasingly, there was a state government uh, investment uh, into expanding the stadium up there. Of, yep. uh, I believe seven million dollars on top of the twelve million the Victorian government provided for a state rugby league centre of excellence down here, and the one point one million commitment from um, from the federal labour uh, opposition at this stage, which we'd love to be matched by the by the government at the moment. But um, it, it it's um, it's been hugely. Uh, successful both um uh, on and off court uh and uh you know we provided storm some some expertise um some strategic thinking some uh um some shared services whether it's the yep. membership or the or, or the partnership space um but they've got a real you know we've we've they are their own they are their own team yeah we wanted yeah. to make sure that they had their own identity that's yep. why you know it wasn't the sunshine coast storm that was set up it was the yep. uh you know we wanted to Keep the uh, keep the connection, obviously, hence the the lightning. But yep. um, uh, we wanted to ensure that um, you know, if you're on the Sunshine Coast um, in Queensland, you, you might not be a Storm member or yep. a Storm fan. So um, for them to then be able to to call Lightning their their own and have be their own team and and really wear the safety blanket. So you know, between us and the and the university, who are great partners, and also the Sunshine Coast Council, you've got to recognise the contribution that that they've made and their uh, their vision, I suppose, around um, wanting to see a, a national sports franchise based out of that area. I think for the, for that area, uh, a rugby league at the moment, a rugby league or an AFL team is probably a bridge too far. Yep. Um, but um, and uh, that's the thing for the people who who don't know the, and don't know their Australian geography. You know, Mel, uh, Sunshine Coast is in Queensland. It's it's quite unique, you know, because GWS and Collingwood have obviously set up shop with with a netball team next to their AFL team. But it's a lot of shared facilities. You know, they're using the same gym and the same operation space and those kind of things. But yeah, you, you've got a couple of thousand k's between the the two operations. Yeah, and we couldn't have done it. By ourselves, obviously, so that's where the, the university's got some wonderful facilities up there, and I think uh, you know universities in Australia, it's a bit of an untapped um, opportunity for for sportsmen and women to um, uh, to further their their careers if that, if 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 that's their uh, if that's their intention. So um, it's it's been a as I said, it's been a, a huge success. Um, you know, their um, first year was effectively a break even proposition, which yep. is quite remarkable for a startup. Yep. Um, but Especially also in sport, absolutely, and yeah. you know, uh, you know, they they won the inaugural title, um, and uh, they backed that up and went went uh, one better than than Storm this year, and and uh, and went back to back. So, you know, they've had some the coach up there, Nolan Tarua. She's a uh, she's now the, the the New Zealand national coach as well. Um, we've uh, the Danielle Smith, the CEO up there, has been able to convince her to stick around for another year and. Yeah, you know, she's she's such a you know she's the the Craig Bellamy of uh, of netball. She's such a well, that's a, a pretty, terrific that's coach. That's pretty high compliment. Well, she's she's a great. Well, maybe Craig Bellamy's a Nolan Tarua of rugby <laughs> league because she's a she's a wonderful leader, and um, you know her her coaching has been obviously um, very well well received, and um, some of the, the the players and the growth, the individual growth and development of some of the players that have had up there has just been remarkable. So I take my hat off to all of them. They're a small, nimble, agile organization. They're doing great things and is that part of that broader strategy for the storm overall to to extend that fan base and that audience it's not necessarily about making a lightning fan a storm fan and vice versa but having these separate fan groups and is there a 
I guess there's something on the roadmap to say, well, we could be looking at other teams. We're seeing, you know, the Adelaide Crows go into esports and and baseball. Is that something that's on your radar and potentially looking forward? I think in the short term, it's it's probably more consolidation. Yep. Um, but without doubt, we continue to have approaches from external parties around those opportunities. And, uh, you know, we, we judge those on, on their merits. And, you know, there are, um, you know, there's always uh, interesting um, um, opportunities that are arising when you're Melbourne Storm. And, um, but, you know, we, we haven't, we're not wedded to a, to a strategy around um, continued growth with um, other sporting organisations or, or esports at this stage. But, yep. you know, as we, um, as we consolidate and uh, just uh, take a deep breath after the season that's been, we'll, um, we're certainly going to, um, to explore those further. Uh, you mentioned Craig Bellamy there, uh, you know, a legend of the game, been coach of the Storm since 2003. I think every time his uh, contract is up, uh, the, the, the articles that come out of the Herald Sun uh, get uh, more and more, or even the Courier-Mail. Um, you you've resigned Craig. How important is Craig to this place and what was it like trying to get that, trying to get that deal done with the, friend, the media frenzy and, you know, with your journo background knowing that, those column inches have to be have to be produced. What was it like internally trying to get uh, that deal done and keeping Craig on board? Well, there's two stories that always come out at contract time. Um, normally, in this with this matter, one is um, Craig's retiring. Yep. Well, this is going to be his last contract, and yep. two, Craig's going back to the Broncos. So. Yep. Um, they always seem to seem to roll out this time of the year. It's a little bit like when you're heading into the finals at the NRL and, and Storms. Uh, uh, there's something either related to wrestling or or whatnot. So it's just it just happens, and we understand that. For us, I think around that is you know, ensuring that you you, know, you take that take all of that as white noise, and the conversations you're having are direct and honest and upfront, uh, which they certainly were in this case. And um, uh, you know, we were able to. You know, Craig and I go back, as I said. You know, we go yep. back to. 2006 um uh we uh when i moved down from from queensland uh, at the end of 2013 you know, i stayed with him at wendy for two or three months so they were fortunate enough to take me into the house and yep um you know we've got a they're at they're at uh, my wedding um we've been able to um uh, build a, a a great relationship and a friendship over a long period of time so look at, at no point was i really um overly concerned Outside of uh, you know having a few people in your ear that um, yep. you know, that he was going, but um, look uh, for us, we always say that you know you got to put your family first, and we understand there were some um, some discussions that uh, you know Craig needed to have, and um, you know I was just pleased that pleased, obviously delighted with the outcome that um, you know he, he's uh, extended his his stay at. Um, at the storm, I'm sure you've got some American listeners. So he's he's uh, he's like the Belichick of, of rugby yeah. league. You know, he's I think he spent some time over there with um, Bill and, and and Parcells as well. And he, um, uh, you know, he's always challenging himself. He's he's just turned sixty, um, but he's he's not a closed book. You know, he always wants to learn. He's always willing to take uh, new ideas, and he's always providing his staff with that autonomy to go and do their jobs. He wants yeah. them to. I think the Belichick analogy is good, and even the fact that. You know, uh, while going through a grand final week, and Collingwood was doing the same, he came over and spoke to the spoke to the Collingwood boys. Even though he was going through his own grand final week, it's just that is that's his nature of being part of the coaching fraternity. Yeah, it is, and you know, he's he's had plenty of, um, uh, or he's been able to build some great relationships with a lot of, a lot of uh, elite and um, professional coaches over a long period of time, and it's a great support network for them all. And 
I suppose it would get quite lonely in that position. So it's you know it's, it's important that they're able to bounce ideas and 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 thoughts off off each other. And look, he's he's done a, a remarkable job here for a long time. You know, you ask what his contributions been to to Storm, and I think all of those guys between him and Cooper and uh, and Billy and and Cameron and 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 guys before that, Robbie Kearns, to where Nick Mac guy, they've yep. all played a, such a huge role. Um, in helping put Storm on the map, you know, this yep. is this is one of the most competitive uh, sporting markets in the world. Uh, you know, there's what 17 professional teams based in Melbourne, so yep. it's hugely cluttered. Um, but you know, his his uh, hunger and his his work ethic and his uh, I think one one trait that he's got which does which gets uh, overlooked quite a bit is is his level of empathy, yep. his ability to connect with his players and and have them actually you know have them buy into what he's what he's um, trying to um, trying to, to to drill down through uh, throughout the entire team and and the football program, um, that's uh, that's a, a real I think a, a, you know, my view is is quite a rare trait. Yeah, uh, especially those that are genuine about it, which he is, and um, it does yeah. seem to be the hot trend in coaching, at least in this part of the world. Um, you know, you've seen. Luke Beveridge go th- go through that. Damien in the AFL side. Nathan Buckley getting a lot of plaudits over the last uh, uh, last twelve months for that. But it's yeah, it's something that Craig's done uh, over many many years. Yeah, I think as I said, it's it's natural for him. You know, he grew up in um, in country New South Wales. Very much, you know, he's he's a guy that's got those old school country values. Um, you know, the please, thank yous. Um, wants his players to be demonstrating a level of respect. Wants his players to be treating people. Um, how they want to be treated and you know he ensures that they're accountable for that too which is uh, you know even more important so look he he's a uh, he's a terrific guy he's doing a still doing a great job uh, as as head coach here and um, you know I, 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 I'm not convinced that uh, even though I'm sure it'll be written that this contract will be his last I'm, uh, I'm not convinced at all that it will be. So, you know, he's, he's well. It's uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, speaking to the Golden State Warriors when they when they adopted uh, the the phrase "strength in numbers" that came effectively off Steve Kerr's whiteboard, and it was sort of adopted by the whole club and then the whole fan base. You know, uh, this year you guys went with you know we go again, which just speaks of you know what Craig would be saying, and and then it did it just sort of work its way through all, through the whole club. Yeah, it's it's um it's one of those things where when you're in a an organisation, um, a sports organisation, you want you want it to be authentic because you, your fans are or your members are they're buying into um what your what your footy team I suppose ultimately it's the product they see so what they're seeing on the field and for uh, from a marketing point of view and actually if you can extract and draw out what the football program's talking about yeah and then put that in a consumer facing uh, message. It's so powerful, and it's so powerful because it's authentic and it's real. And you know, he's he's probably a really good marketer, Craig. He just doesn't quite realise it. But yeah. so too is Frank Panisi. He's yeah. uh, he's terrific at that, and he's able to. Um, I think he's a frustrated marketer and a football director's um, body, but he, uh, you know, he re- really enjoys that. And that's a, I think that's the real unique thing about this place. You know, our, our football programs based right right alongside our commercial programs. So. Um, everyone's, you know, if if, uh, if the coach and I were in a in a spat and really wanted to let everyone know, we could actually yell at yell at each other across the office, and everyone would be able to see it and hear it. But <laughs> yeah. um, you know, that um, that provides such a a huge benefit to the uh, to the culture of the organisation that everyone's so close together. 
And uh, speaking about, I guess, bringing the fans in and making them feel like they're part of the story, uh, you recently just announced the Our Storm project and then, and you're investigating the the fan ownership model, similar to you know what we see with the Green Bay Packers, um, because it is unique uh, here in this market. I mean, one to be a privately owned team is pretty unique in the Australian market, but then to look at where does fan ownership fit? Um, what are yeah? What are your thoughts on that? And what are you looking to potentially find out from that? Yeah, so we've got three um, three shareholders at, at the moment. Um, Bar Campbell's our our chair as well. Um, yep. We've got Jerry Ryan who many people, um, not only in Australia but around the world, would know, uh, and Matt Tripp as well. So um, between those three guys, they've been wonderful, as I said earlier, they've been wonderful mentors um, for me. But um, uh, when they acquired the club um, five years ago, part of the original business plan that was um, that was put down on paper was that we want to explore a um, – we want to explore to the nth degree the ability for us to be able to at some point um, provide the club or, or sell the club or, or pass the club on to onto fans. Yep. So that's what we've engaged um, uh, a, um, an advisory group, uh, Greenhill, based out of Sydney, or a global firm, but based out of Sydney. Yep. An investment bank um, to um, to to support us on that, to provide us with that advice on the way through, to see whether there is a model. And whether the market um, um, wants it, yeah, is yeah. mature enough. Yeah, um, we uh, we obviously launched that um, at our Player of the Year um, in early October, and um, and for us, the, the the response has been quite remarkable. You know, we've had thousands of people register already. Yep, um, and uh, you know, just effectively wanting to know more about it when the, at the appropriate time. So the moment is just exploring. Um, the possibility or yeah. the likelihood of of that or not. Um, look, if the market isn't uh, mature enough, and I don't use the use the word mature yep. enough to, in a derogatory sense. It's just that's the reality. If the market's not mature enough to um, uh, to uh, to support uh, a, a concept like fan ownership at this stage, then uh, you know it's business as usual. So I revert back to the the three shareholders and yep. and the and the existing board and whatnot. Um, but you know, there's there's some models which says which says to us that it's worth exploring. The the Packers have obviously done a remarkable job in the city that they're in. Um, South Sydney have a model whereby they're twenty five percent owned by their fans. Yep. Um, and both those organisations have been um, hugely successful. Um, uh, the Packers they they're just they're, they're unbelievable. So if you're able to, especially if you look at their latest property development, the title town that's being developed. Um, yeah, it's a, it is a and again that's a super, super unique model in the US. Whereas in you know in Australia we've got a lot of the AFL clubs are member based and all the members feel like you know they've got to vote, they can vote on the board and that kind of stuff. But we're not you know going down the hot takes of you know fans picking coaches and players and all that kind of stuff. So I wait for those blogs to come out over the next week or so when someone tries that type of hot take. But it, it is about that fan identity and ownership piece potentially that someone says, I want to, you know, I've got a mate that is a is a Packers shareholder and he they don't actually sell shares in, uh, internationally. So he had to get someone to register for him and he got his, you know, he's got his shareholder certificate effectively, but it was really a, I want to say I'm a, I'm a shareholder and, and pass it on and, is there fan benefits, ticketing benefits? Yeah. Who knows? So it's going to be interesting to see how that yeah. how that develops. And there's a huge emotional connection to um, yeah, between between fans or members. Yep. And uh, and their football club. I I remember this, at the end of my first year as, as CEO, and I was wet behind the ears, and I I actually asked our um, our membership team to call all of our what we 
what you'd call high risk members. So yep. members that were spending the most amount of money but hadn't come to a game. Yep. And every single one of those people just said, no, we've got no issue with us. We're signing on for next year or we've already signed on for next year. We're on the rollover. Uh, we just want to support our footy club. Yeah. So there's a huge emotional connection between that. And for us, it's a real responsibility that we want to make sure whether it's on or off field, we make our, our members' weekends better. Yeah. But it's also something that you still need to be checking in with fans and, and making sure that they are okay. So making those making those calls and making sure because if you're not having that comms with them, then it drops off and you don't know why. It's super important to make that keep that connection. Yeah, absolutely it is. Uh, so I want to wrap, wrap things up. Thank you very much for your time. Do you remember the first uh, sports event you ever attended? Uh, I remember my first uh, – I, I actually told Wayne Pierce this um, during grand final week, which I don't know if it was good or a bad thing, but yep. I certainly remember the first um, uh, – game of rugby league I saw on television which was the 1989 grand final when Canberra beat Balmain okay yeah and uh at the time uh it was would have been Broncos second year so I had no connection with the Broncos as a Queensland kid growing up up yep. there but I remember still running off and crying under the bed when I was five or six or whatever I was and and I just had to I had to tell Junior that uh the other week so um <laughs> I don't think I shed as many tears as he probably did but um that that's that but I think I think it was either my first game of live sport was either North Sydney Oval in Sydney for some reason yeah, or it was at um, it was either I think it was ANZ actually it was at ANZ Stadium in Brisbane at the time which okay. was the old QE2 it was oh, a yeah, bron- yep. Broncos home game yep okay you would have been a few sports events in your time in the as a journalist or also working is there a is there a favourite food memory you have or is there a go to food when you're at a sports event hot chips Hot no, chips. I think it's the Irish in me. I just, I, I'm a sucker for a hot it, chip. It, it, yeah. Sauce on the side, or, or any, no, or just, any... just, I'll just give me a potato, and I'm, I'm a happy, <laughs> I'm a happy man. I, I could sit. I would much rather sit in the outer eating a bucket of hot chips. Um, then, and, and I'm in, I'm in uh, seventh heaven if I'm doing that, watching a game of sport. Uh, terrific. What's the, what's the first app you open in the morning? It's very boring. I think it's just the Apple News one, which just automatically pops up. But uh, it's been, uh, um, it, or, or uh, down here, it would be one of the uh, one of the radio stations. Just tune in, see what's happening down in Melbourne. Yep, yep. Um, is there someone uh, that you suggest that the podcast listeners should follow? Maybe someone you've been reading, or or someone that you uh, keep an eye on for advice, or that they should look up. I think all the listeners should absolutely follow Melbourne Storm. So it's at Storm. There we go. Yep. But um, look, the, the, the chairman of the ARLC, Peter Beattie, he's quite, um, quite uh, funny on Twitter at different points yep. in his engagement with, uh, with fans. It's certainly taking um, fan engagement to a, to a new level. Um, but he's, you know, he's very passionate about it. He wants to have direct conversations with fans and that's his, that's his um, philosophy or mentality so you know good, good yeah, on him Peter Beattie is a, he is a good follow um, even if you just you know with the, uh, with the Michael Jackson gif of uh, eating the popcorn you just pretty much let him put it out there and then all the fans come in but good on him he, he goes back uh, answers them all um, and it's just you know it's his passion for the game that you, you know that comes through so yeah if you do want to I guess see a high level sports administrator engaging with fans um, yeah Peter is a, a good example um, lastly, um, what uh, social media platform is your MVP? Um, and I can you can answer that as yourself uh, uh, personally, and then potentially what what's working best for the storm. Um, well, there's huge growth right across the the channels. Instagram, obviously, it's storms been um, been hugely um, popular um, uh, for for 
in recent times. But for for me, look, it's still. I'm a. I grew up um, uh, with a. My dad's nickname was News. So for yep. me, it's still uh, it's still Twitter. Yeah. In terms of being able to get instant access to news and actually understanding, it's quite remarkable when you think about it. And having done um, uh, or, or studied. Uh, uh, international relations and politics at, at university and you know twitter is one of those in, incredible tools where you know there's a, a if you're you almost be a foreign correspondent from your own lounge room with the you know the amount of information yep. that flows through it's it's quite quite unique and quite remarkable from from that perspective so look that's to me that's uh that's still my uh my mvp i'm probably a little bit old school there but it's still my no, but is uh, from MVP. a from a you know breaking news or what's happening or how are people responding you know the the you know uh, i'm sure you were at the player awards when the uh the our storm came out and you know you open up the phone to find out what people are saying what you know what's the initial reaction you know what's the media saying you can get all that via twitter and you can get you can get so much great um great insights out of social media with uh, you know immediate commentary and immediate feedback from um well, for us it's it's fans um for uh you know i'm sure the government uses it very closely around um you know, comparing what polls are saying yep. uh, noting that polls you know, in recent years have been incredibly wrong or inaccurate yep um, as opposed to the actual election events, so whether that's the uh, you know the U.S. election or Brexit or yep. uh, or the most recent federal election in Australia, um, you know the, all the indications around those results based on polling was totally um, totally not the case. And uh, you know, uh, whereas social media um, insights that these you know, own, own groups doing yep. their own research they're able to gather was far more uh, far more accurate. So I think it's um, it's it's been able to open up. Um, you know, open up the world to, to plenty of people, and um, you know, it's quite a quite a remarkable, uh, influential, and and hugely important tool these days. Well, thank you for taking the time. For those who don't know, like you said, uh, you can follow the storm on all social channels or melbournestorm.com.au. Your Twitter handle is actually now at Storm. It's gone through a few. It's gone through a few uh, uh, handle changes. It was originally Melbourne Storm, and then it was Melbourne Storm, and now just Storm makes it makes it much easier. Um, where can people find you on the internet if they're looking to connect with you? Uh, so I'm on I'm on Twitter. I am Dave Donahue eleven. Dave Donahue eleven. Thank uh, you, Sean. That's all right. Um, so uh, that's that's really uh, look. It's um it's hard enough uh, keeping up with work, let alone keeping up with every uh, yep. every social media app that's uh, available these days. So look, that's probably the easiest place where people can find me if they want to drop me a line. Love to hear from you and. Um, Thanks, Sean, for coming down and showing interest in Melbourne Storm. No worries. And uh, like we do say, uh, enjoy the off-season, but there really isn't much of an off-season these days. There certainly isn't. It's a busy period of time. I think I'm heading to New Zealand at the end of this month and um, and, and uh, the States after that. So it's um, uh, no, risk of, no rest for the wicked, but, you know, we've – we had a uh, we had a wonderful 2018. Uh, almost the first team to go back to back. Didn't quite get there, but um, we, uh, you know, that's that's you know, the post mortems fully uh, fully underway, and the planning then starts to uh, to go bigger and better in 2019. There was one I did re- I did uh, we did skip over grand final week, and there was one question I did want to ask. Uh, you you've been through a few grand final weeks, um, and unfortunately did not get the result this week. They're always busy. They're always hectic. But last last week you had the. Billy Slater shoulder charge. Uh, it was meant to be happening on Monday, and it got delayed. Then it was Tuesday. Uh, you were lucky enough to have success, but there was a lot of uh, 
uh, feedback and uh, on the the tweet that you posted uh, coming back. Uh, for those who didn't see it, you took a photo in the in the private jet with you and uh, Craig and Billy coming back, and it was you know some people said it was un rugby league like. Yeah, you're a media you know media performer and uh, you know media man. Was it was there any reason behind it? Was it just a post? Um, what was your take on all the hot takes that came came from that? Oh, I take unrun rugby league like as a great compliment. I think for us, um, you know, we're always trying to uh, raise the bar, and you know, it's cha- always challenging when you're at the top of your game to to stay there. So yep. for us, it's about how we can constantly benchmark ourselves against um, our peers, and not just locally but overseas, and 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 who who are doing things really well. Um, look, for we. Um, uh, for those that aren't aware or those that might be yeah. international listeners, um, one of our greatest ever, ever players, Billy Slater, was charged with a shoulder charge. Um, Potentially playing his last game and missing yeah. his last game. That, they were the stakes. They could not, could not have been higher. Yeah, yeah. He's played 319 or 318 games at the time in NRL and was retiring at the end of the year and he was looking at um, being suspended for that game. So huge stakes for um, for Billy and obviously the team is such an important player within our, our team. Um, so we wanted to ensure that we did everything possible, firstly, to, to get him off and to yep. clear him and allow him to finish his, his career on his terms. Um, I think it would have been a great shame and a travesty if he wasn't able to. So we obviously went out and got the best legal um, support that we could. We um, had the uh, the number one rugby league lawyer, if you like, yep. um, based out of Sydney, who represented Bill. But we were also supported by QC, which is quite remarkable. Yep. Um, having a QC support um, a uh, another lawyer, which is you know a wonderful testament of the, of, of that person, um, but um, a uh, one of our partners also you know provided his um, his, his private jet to uh, to fly up and fly up from Melbourne to Sydney and you know we'd defend Billy and then uh, get back on the jet and get back in time and it wasn't um, wasn't us you know thumbing our nose at the league or, or at our at our peers or or showing off or uh, auditioning for the next episode of Ballers or Entourage it was yeah. more about um, you know as I said firstly we wanted to do everything we could to get Billy off and secondly just given the the, the, the stresses that, that exist around it, we wanted to provide him with every opportunity to prepare as best he could for the yeah. game. So a private jet provided us with that that ability. To get, uh, yeah, to get in and out of Sydney, yeah. get all the hassles. And essentially we the, – the, the, uh, it was one of the longest uh, uh, hearings in the, in the history of the game and um, we left the NRL at about five to nine. Those that have been in Sydney – either live in Sydney yep. or been to Sydney know how challenging the traffic can be. Yep. Five to nine, it's not too bad. So uh, we, we, uh, we'd we made our way to mascot the uh, the airport at about, I think, quarter past nine. Yep. 9.25, we were in the air. Yep. So, you know, the ability to be able to do that was wonderful. I think Billy was in his bed by about 11 o'clock. And he was at training the next day, you know, as as you know, jumping around like a like a kid, which is which is wonderful to see. And you know, unfortunately, as I said, we couldn't get the result. We didn't get the result we were after. But um, you know, at least uh, you know, I can look him in the eye now and say that we did everything, did everything we could yeah. to 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 get you right and uh, to give you that opportunity to finish your career on your terms. Which for a guy that's given so much to our club and our game I, I, and sport in this country, I, that was the least that we could do. And it was as much also for for the fans to say. You know, we're putting everything on the line. We're, we're, you know, this is for you, Storm fans. We're making sure we're doing everything possible to make sure everything's right. Um, and and sometimes you put out those those posts, it, you don't really care what the wider community thinks. It's, it's your, if your fans are all in on it, 
and love it and are all behind it, then that's the main thing. Yeah, that's right. And it, look, those posts like that, I suppose they're moments in time. And yep. um, for us, like I, I suppose having that that media background, I, I I did get a sense that sitting on that plane on a on a jet, which is as you said, was very unrugby league. Yeah, um, flying up, and you know, there was myself and Frank Panisi, our footy yep. director, Billy Slater, and then Craig Bellamy, the head coach. And I just, I just took a moment where I was looking around and I saw that I'm on my computer. Frank's looking at video. Yeah. Um, Billy's studying nudge from the lawyer, and Craig's preparing for the game on the weekend. Yeah. And I asked the the flight attendant, "Can you just take some some shots while we're not looking and yeah. and just capture the moment?" And so she took quite a few, and that was one that I thought, you know, if if you're actually going to sum up um, the week or the the situation, how unique it was, I just thought it captured the moment just yeah. brilliantly and. I just wanted to share that because, I, again, I, I thought it for me, it, seeing Billy, given what he was going through and actually taking the time to read all those notes and not relying on someone else given it's his you know, his, uh, um, his career on the line. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he was taking full ownership of it. Um, I thought that was just so special and unique and just you know, needed to be and shared. That's what, and that's what social fits for because normally those photos have been taken, then they end up in the middle of a book that we read 15 years time and you go, Oh, that's a great insight into that, into that moment. Mm. And it's like, well, you've got the opportunity to share that moment now. And don't worry. There'll, there'll be photos like that that will come out and yep. they probably, I think at the time it's, it's being aware of, um, uh, you know, you, you, for, for that moment and that image, it was sharing the, the right one. And, yep. uh, you know, there, there was some after the, uh, after the event that, you know, we were, we were celebrating, but that um, for me, uh, is, is mo- uh, moments that um, you know you can keep internally, and you know they're they're special for those people that were there. Um, you know they weren't so much for the for, you know for the wider audience. And I think if I was to share those, and that would be, you know, I could easily see why you'd be saying you're showing off then. Yep. And uh, you know that's that's not us. We're a football club that's built on, as I said, hard work and and commitment and humility. And um, you know it's important that we continue those traits because they've worked really well for us over a 20 year period. Well, thank you very much, Dave Donnelly from Melbourne Storm. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Sean. Pleasure, pleasure to come on and thanks for having me. Cheers. New workshops on audience, content, distribution, valuation, and pitch following Sports Geek's Digital to Dollars process. Go to digitaltodollars.com. Thanks again to Dave Donaghy. You can send him a tweet, Dave Donaghy, D-O-N-A-G-H-Y. 11. Dave Donahue 11 on Twitter. And as always, you can go to Sports Geek HQ to link up all the notes uh, for this episode. Um, you can simply put the number of the episode, sportsgeekhq.com slash 214. Um, and that will link you to the, to the show notes. Now, before I close uh, for today, just a, a little bit more, a little bit of discussion about uh, digital dollars and how it's going from a process point of view um, uh, very much the the five pillars uh, know your audience know your content know your distribution know your valuation and then know your pitch and understand how to how to develop pitches for sponsors that deliver on digital um, you can go to digitaltodollars.com to learn some more or you can email me sean at sportsgeekhq.com if you are interested in truly driving digital and really transforming uh, your your business. Um, my goal is to is to help sports um, ha- is to see that digital is the number one driver for sports uh, by 2030. 
Um, I'm going to need a lot of people pulling in that direction, in the same direction as me. Um, so I'm here to help. Um, so if you're interested, uh, check out digitaltodollars.com. The book is coming along. Um, need to put more time into the words, but it is uh, coming along. Um, and as I said earlier, uh, Sports Geek Nation, you can check that out. Um, and if you have not, if you do not get uh, Sports Geek News, which is our weekly email of the things that I read and the things that you click on, uh, that, that's, that's how we determine what gets in. Um, that comes out every week in midweek. Uh, you can go to sportsgeekhq.com slash SGN for Sports Geek News if you would like to do so. As I said at the top, uh, I'm going to be doing a Q&A style podcast. Uh, there'll be links shared. If you've got a question that you want me to answer, uh, please send me an email, send me a tweet, send me a post. Um, I will be working on getting that podcast out on a, in a weekly fashion. Um, so we'll see that soon, hopefully in the next one to two weeks as I get over this uh, uh, head cold. Hopefully, hopefully James can work his magic and make me sound as amazing as I always do. Until next time, my name is Sean Callanan and you've been listening to Sports Geek. Join Sports Geek Nation access to exclusive Slack and Facebook groups with regular Q&A sessions with Sean Callanan. Go to sportsgeeknation.com to join. Need help with your digital rate card? Not sure how to price your assets? Is there a disconnect between digital and commercial? That is where Sean works best in digital divorce counselor mode. Book a time for a call with Sean to discuss the Sports Geek process. Go to sportsgeekhq.com slash phone call. Go to sportsgeekhq.com for more sports digital marketing resources.